The Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. <laughs> what up, what up, what up? Welcome to another episode of the FIGHT podcast, your weekly combat sports and culture podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and we have a great show lined up for you today. Today, I'm going to go ahead and break down this past ridiculous fight weekend where we had multiple fights on Friday and Saturday night. Friday, we had Bellator 210 and the Ultimate Fighter 28 finale. On Saturday, we had even more heat with Bellator 211 in Italy, UFC Fight Night Adelaide in Australia, and Showtime Boxing closed the weekend here stateside in L.A., with an epic fight card headlined by hands down the two best heavyweights of this generation. And yo, it's not even up for debate anymore. I don't want to hear anything about anybody else who wasn't in attendance or anything. Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. Wilder, the WBC heavyweight champ. Tyson Fury, the lineal heavyweight champion of the world. Um, And we will discuss if the judges got the decision right. This weekend's winners and losers, our weekly Your Turn to Talk portion of the show, and so much more on this episode of The Fight Podcast. But remember... The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, share. We are currently on iTunes and SoundCloud, but we're working on some stuff. We're going to end up on YouTube before you know it. And uh, don't forget to purchase merch today. Boom! All right. Um, as always, welcome to episode 57 of the Fight Podcast. Um, it is a cold and rainy day here in Chicago, uh, bright and early in the morning. Um, if my voice sounds kind of messed up, man, sorry, I have been battling something as I feel like everybody across the country is, man, the weather changing, going back and forth. Um Yo, I have been struggling, <laughs> but uh, but I'm still here for you guys today um, because I have to break these fight cards down before, you know, all, you hear all this stuff in the media and I'm not going to lie. There's been so much trash talking the media about this huge boxing fight, about the decision. And I'm gonna be honest with you, what I'm going to say 
might not make you happy. It might not. I'm gonna be honest with you. And you know what, man? Before I go ahead and jump into it, um, yo, like I said before, this weekend was stacked. We had, you know, Friday, and this is the first time that she's talked about it. This is the first time in history that Bellator and the UFC had multiple events on back-to-back nights. So, man, the, the fact that they were able to do that all across the world, half the cards here in the States, half the cards in other countries, you have to give them props, man. So a lot of fights, everything's going on this weekend. So what we're going to work on today, man, we're going to go ahead and break down as many of the main events, as many of the big implications that we had. And of course, we got to give you this weekend's winners and losers. Um, So let's go ahead and jump into what most of us believe is the biggest fight news of the weekend, and that has to be the Showtime Championship um, with the WBC Championship, excuse me, that was on Showtime. Deontay, the bronze bomber Wilder, was against Tyson Fury. Yo, this matchup was between 40-0, and 39 knockouts, Deontay Wilder against Tyson Fury, who, and I talked about this a lot in our last episode, how much he has had to overcome to even get back to this place. A couple years ago, almost three years ago now, he went ahead and actually defeated the lineal heavyweight champion, um, Klitschko, Vladimir Klitschko, and had an impressive yet extremely boring performance, but he won the championship. After that, he ended up having extreme bouts of depression. He almost killed himself one night in his Ferrari, and this dude ballooned up to over 400 pounds on all kinds of like Coke and sugar bugger and all kinds of nonsense. And without any help, worked himself into back into shape was able to you know battle his his um his his disorders that he had and he has become a mental health advocate since then so i think this is important okay and i think this is really really important because I think that that stole the narrative of the fight. The fact that Tyson Fury was able to come back from so much was all that anybody was focusing on and anybody was talking about throughout the entire matchup. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into the actual fight, okay? We look at the numbers, and people are saying and calling over and over again that this fight was... A robbery. When the fight cards came out and we we saw that it was a split draw, people were losing their minds, losing their minds everywhere, just jumping up and down. Oh, my God, this is the worst decision ever. I'm never watching boxing again. Judging. The judging is corrupt. Oh, man, we knew it. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I don't know. Let's let's go back and actually look at the fight. So there's a couple of things that we can actually stand on in this bout. And don't get it twisted. 
Hands down, this was the most entertaining heavyweight fight that we have seen in years. I know I feel like I say this all the time every time there's a big fight, but no, legitimately, this is the two best heavyweight champions fighting each other at the time. Six years ago, when Emmanuel Stewart was still alive, God rest the dead, one of the greatest trainers of all time, said that Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder have to fight. They will be the best heavyweights of this generation. And you know what? I am 100% with them. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it anymore. I don't want to hear about Anthony Joshua. The fact that Anthony Joshua has turned down the fight with Deontay Wilder for years now, the fact that he didn't even show up to the event and the fact that, and I'll talk about this later on in the show, actually, probably not. I'll talk about it in fight news uh, later on this week. But the fact that the that that um Anthony Joshua afterwards was trying to call people out on Twitter, I think is utterly ridiculous. Yo, fam. You 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 should have get off the pot. He's never gotten off the pot. I don't know if he's intimidated or his team is intimidated, but at the end of the day, it makes him look bad. It makes him look weak. It makes him look afraid. And the fact that after the fight, Tyson Fury goes and looks at Deontay Wilder and says, these are the two best heavyweights in the world, and there's no debate. I was with him. Strictly because they were able to put it on the line regardless of the outcome and compete against one another. So let's go ahead and jump into the actual fight. Looking at the fight at first glance, and I watched it like everybody else did, you know, on Showtime. And if you just, you're listening to it and you're watching it, the entire commentary was super pro Tyson Fury. Anything he did, oh, look at how great Tyson was. Even throughout the rounds when they were just talking dead time, it was all about Tyson Fury's comeback and how amazing it is what he was actually doing. And I'm not going to lie. Yo, he boxed, in my opinion, the best that I have ever seen him compete in his career. For him to win this, he had to be perfect. And he was just about as close to perfect as he can possibly be. So he was moving great. And with the commentary, and for those of us who don't know, the fight ended up being a split draw. Um, One of the competitors went ahead and, not the competitors, I'm sorry, one of the judges scored the card for Deontay Wilder by four points. Blah, don't know what that guy was looking at. Um, the actual British judge, keep that in mind, the British judge went ahead and actually called it a draw. 113-113. And, um, and I believe the other one um, scored it the other way. So I won, I won up for, for Fury. So it's a split draw. I had to go back and watch this fight a couple of times. I've watched it all together. I've watched it three times. First time I watched it with the sound on and the commentary. The next two times I went ahead and I watched it with the sound off. The first time I watched it, I was with everybody else. Whoa, how did they possibly get that? I had Tyson Fury winning by uh, like, like two rounds. 
So I went back and I listened, watched it. Showtime. We all wanted Tyson Fury just because of the comeback. And I think that all of us, because of the media coverage and because of the talk throughout the fight, I think we were really swayed. We were swayed more than I believe we should have. Because here, I'm going to break it down this way. No ifs, ands, or buts. If we're looking at the scorecards, right? You give Deontay Wilder off the bat four rounds. That's two knockdowns apiece, right? So he has two knockdowns, one in the eighth, one in the twelfth round. So he has four rounds. Looking at the remainder of that fight, go back and watch it. You cannot tell me without a shadow of a doubt that Deontay Wilder didn't win at least two more rounds in that fight. Because if he wins two more rounds, we have a draw. So check this out. I'm going to go ahead and tell you exactly how I scored the fight the second time around. And I'm going to explain exactly why. So I scored the fight, obviously, round 12 and round 9, Wilder gets. I also gave round 1, round 6 and 7 to Wilder. Go back and watch the fight. A lot of rounds were extremely close. It's not like Tyson Fury was just sitting there boxing his face off the entire time. Watch it with the sound off. Once you do that, you're watching the fight with the actual sound off. Then you're looking at it, you're like, dang, this was a close fight. So here's the thing. I actually also had a draw. I had a 113-113. I had the exact same score that the... Um, that the British judge had as well. So um, the dude's name was Phil Edwards. I had the exact same score as Phil Edwards did. And this is after me watching the fight three times. The first time I actually had it 115. Um, uh, yeah, 115, 112, or 115, 113 for, uh, for Fury. But watching the fight again, I had to, I had to give it a draw. Deontay Wilder we have to okay so the narrative of it and this is what was getting me too much talk was oh this is a robbery Deontay Wilder looks so sloppy he looks so bad as opposed to giving Tyson Fury the credit that he deserves and actually in both men realistically because Tyson Fury went out there and actually think about what he has done in the past look what he did to Vladimir Klitschko this is what he does he stifles power punches. He makes people look bad. And he is so big and fleet of foot, essentially, that we are so surprised he's throwing good combinations, but he's also not really doing that much damage. And people, when you have an equalizer, I have never seen somebody who hits harder than Deontay Wilder in the heavyweight division. Don't give me Mike Tyson. Don't give me everybody. Deontay Wilder is the hardest punching fighter in boxing heavyweight history. He is. Think about anybody with the number of fights that he has 
In comparison to his KO percentage, no fighter in the history of boxing has a higher KO percentage than Deontay Wilder. Check the stats. Check the facts. It is what it is. So we got to put some respect on that man's name. So the fact that he was outclassed, and I'm not going to say that he wasn't. For the majority of that fight, he was outclassed. He was able, he was not able to do what he wanted to do for the most part. Tyson Fury did an amazing job of stifling his jab. And I think the conversation more than anything else needs to be, what is going on in Deontay Wilder's corner? Why aren't Deontay Wilder's coaches and trainers letting him actually telling him what's going on? Why weren't they saying, hey, every time you're trying to throw your right hand, Tyson Fury is leaning forward and he's he's turning out the moment that he turns out, he's jumping back on you with combinations. He's trying to steal rounds. Why weren't they telling him, hey, every time you throw to the body, you can tell he doesn't like it. Why weren't they telling him, double your jab? There were so much, so many little nuances that were going on in the fights that his team wasn't telling him, which I couldn't understand. And for me, that's why after the fight, the first thing I thought was, man, 39, you know, 40 and no, 39 KOs. Now he's, he's 40, 40, 0 and 1. I think it's time for Deontay Wilder to get a change of scenery. Deontay Wilder, if by any miracle and chance <laughs> in hell that you actually are listening to the fight podcast and don't get it twisted, 100% one day we'll have him on the show. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I absolutely will. But I'm going to find out. It's like, bro, you ha- I want to see him go to the next level. I want to make sure that he doesn't have yes men and he has somebody that could actually hold him accountable. Let him know. Have somebody out there like um, like Virgil going out there, Virgil Hunter and telling him, hey, man, you got to pick this up. Go have him go down there with um, Errol Spence's trainer and all those guys with, with killers who pretty much create technically sound fighters if Deontay Wilder had more in my opinion Deontay Wilder you've heard me here to say here on this show to Ignazium he has the best jab in heavyweight division he has the best straight right hand in the heavyweight division why weren't his trainers saying hey you're you're really loading up a lot with that right hand he's seeing it don't load up with it relax let it float they didn't do that and the fact that they didn't do that proves to me that he needs somebody else in his corner so people could look at the punch stats and say Serge you're crazy look at the punch stats he he he, uh Tyson Fury landed way more punches he absolutely won this fight yo man go watch more fights go watch more boxing that is not how these guys fight that's not how they win we're looking at actual, we're looking at round for round what's actually going on. You have one guy who doesn't have a lot of power, who is a counter puncher, and actually throws counter shots and gets out the way. Well, we have an aggressive 
power puncher who is hunting you down and being the aggressor the entire time. So we can look at it different ways. And also, I'm going to put it this way also. And check this out. Canelo and Triple G fought. The first time Canelo fought, the fir- their, their first fight, people were pissed off. Oh, robbery. It was, you know, how is this possible? This is a draw. Gennady Golovkin landed the harder punches. Canelo Alvarez ran the whole time. Gennady should have won. In the second fight, when Canelo landed more, was more aggressive, all of a sudden, you guys are going to say, oh, look, he boxed better, so that's why he won. Yo, you can't have it each way. Each fight, you can't say, oh, well, I, I, I'm going to use this judging criteria for this fight, but not for this fight. That's not reality. It isn't. So when we're actually looking at it, not objectively, and I'm be honest with you, the reason all of us were so hype on Tyson Fury is because of the commentary. The fact that Steve Farhood, who I believe is an incredible judge. This isn't even a close one, guys. I, I have it this and this. Huh? The fact that Pauli Malignaggi, who is incredible at commentary, was so emotional. I'm not even going to talk about this. I'm so mad. Well, he should have took his beer goggles off or whatever he was rocking that fight. Go back, watch that fight again without his Tyson Fury bias and say, oh, okay, well, that was a draw. Now, my issue is this. That one judge that gave Deontay Wilder the, the fight by four points, 117, 113, or whatever the crazy scorecard was, he, he needs to be checked for something. Obviously, that individual was not watching the fight. Or he was extremely biased, and that's not cool. If you're going to be that biased, fam, you, you, you got to make it a little closer. But um, that's where, in my opinion, there was a contention right there. That's how people can be pissed off. But the draw? Fam, that was a draw. And then also, what are we mad about? We get to see this amazing fight. We get to see the two best heavyweights of this era compete again. And they're both going to make so much stupid money. It's incredible. I cannot wait to watch it again. And then we have all of the drama, all of everything. And people are going to be so excited to see it again. The next question and the next thing people continue talking about is this. Oh, if there's a rematch, it needs to be in the UK. Why? There's a reason why fights are here. And UK fans, look, I want to go watch a fight at Wembley Stadium. I think it's important. I think that the British boxing fans are actually more educated in the sport than American boxing fans for the most part. They sell out arenas and they do things, but there is a reason that the Mecca and the cash cow for fights is here in the States, is Vegas, is here. There's more money. Pay-per-views are a lot more money. Pay-per-views, there are like five bucks. It's like free or something ridiculous. 
ticket prices there are way cheaper because they want to fill the stadium up. So the fighters are actually going to be paid more and they're going to get more exposure when the fight is actually here in the States. So look, would it be great to see? I'd love to see it, but you're not going to get as many eyeballs. The fighters aren't going to get the respect that they deserve. And there is a reason why the fights are meant to be here in the States. Vegas, L.A., New York. The Barclays Center is killing it right now. They seem like they might be the new mecca of boxing over there, even more so than uh, Madison Square Garden. New Yorkers don't kill me for that. But look, Showtime is making it making it making it hot over there. They're going to Barclays Center. They're not going to Madison Square Garden at the same time. And they're putting on incredible cards now. Let me go ahead and give this fight a rest for a second. I loved it. I think it was incredible. Salute to both men. They're champions. They neither of them have anything to hang their hat on. And I will say this, and I think that this isn't talked about enough either. The way that those two men embraced each other after the fight. The sportsmanship that they showed. I love that because, again, it shows that we're not barbarians. We're not animals. We're people. We're just competitors. We're gladiators because we compete and we fight in this ring or cage or square circle or whatever you want to call it. But they're men with families and they're men who not only want legacy, but they're not just fighting for money and fame. Both of these men are family men and both of these men are fighting for their families, for their family's livelihood and to take them to a better situation. More of us need to look at fighters like that and say, dang, man, these guys have went from one place to a completely different tax bracket. And have taken not only their family, their friends, they're literally bringing on their entire community with them. Salute to both of those men. Salute to everybody who's actually has the corners to go out there and actually jump into the into there. All right. Um, the rest of the car was incredible, yo. Is incredible. Um, Jared Hurd um, went ahead and gets a W against a really, really tough and game opponent. Afterwards, he has a little brouhaha with uh, one of my personal favorites, Jamal Charlo, twin Charlo on uh, IG and uh, Twitter and everything else. There are a lot of holes in Jared Hurd's game. I think he's incredibly tough. I think his toughness and his chin take him a long way. I think he's going to get exposed when he ends up fighting against Charlo. Charlo is just as big. He's faster. And he's a more technically skilled fighter who does not actually take punishment. The same way Jared Hurd does. If Charlo lands the same type of punches on Hurd that this last opponent did, who... Essentially, was a tomato can. Jared Hurd goes to sleep within the first six rounds. So I, I am curious to see this fight. I think that this fight is going to be the one that actually takes Jermero Charlo, or if Jared Hurd wins, whichever one, it's going to take them into that superstar stratosphere. So I cannot wait for that fight. Um, also on the undercard, we had King Kong himself. Luis Ortiz um, was back on back in action, ended up getting a 10th round knockout. 
And uh, he called out <clears throat> a gang of people, Wilder, Fury, everybody. But um, he's incredible still. Yo, the heavyweight division in boxing alive and well. We have obviously the two big dogs at the top. Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. We have the smaller dog, Anthony Joshua. Then we have Dylan Wyatt. We have um, the Australian cat that I can't. Oh, Joseph Parker. Um, you, we have Luis Ortiz. We have an, a bunch of uh, another up and coming guys as well, man. So a lot of great boxing action, um, dude. Not just in the heavyweight division. Look at the matchups that we have coming up. Errol Spence Jr. is going to go ahead and fight Mikey Garcia. We have Adrian Broner fighting um, Manny Pacquiao. We have uh, Terrence Crawford out here doing work. We have the Charlo Twins out here doing work. There are so many stars, so many great matchups that are out here. Man, boxing is in a great place. Um, the only blemish on boxing right now is Oscar De La Hoya acting crazy in MMA. So aside from that, look, like I, I can't even call it, man, but great, great, great all around matchups, man. Great fight cards and um, Showtime continue doing your thing and boxing is going to continue doing their thing as well. Remember. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off of your first three months. Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast. And follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe listen rate and share all right yo this fight card weekend uh was stacked i'm gonna give boxing a little bit of a rest for a second and we're gonna go ahead and jump into the ultimate fighter finale there was uh this season of the ultimate fighter were the heavyweights and uh the the featherweights the female featherweight division as well great fight card all in all but what i want to talk about is Kamaro Usman against Rafael Dos Anjos in the um, in the main event. Kamaro Usman, who is now nine and zero in the UFC, and possibly the number one um, the number one challenger for the belt at welterweight finally went out and actually had an all-around performance. Rafael Dos Anjos is somebody who is a former champion at 155 pounds and has been known to be a tough dude at a buck 70. The fact that he's also beaten, and I'm talking about Rafael Dos Anjos, former champion and one of the most successful welterweight champions in the world, Robbie Lawler, and many other ones, man, shows that he was a great challenge. Now, Rafael Dos Anjos has always done or always struggled against hard, aggressive, strong grapplers. Hence, Khabib Nurmagomedov, Colby Covington, and now Kamara Usman. So, looking at the fight, Kamara Usman did what I expected him to do. He took Colby Covington's game plan and Khabib's and everybody else, a lot of pressure stays in his face, and forced Dos Anjos to wrestle. But not only did he do that, he actually, for the first time that I've really noticed in his career, my man's let his hands go. 
He let his hands go and just started throwing just beautiful combinations and really hurt and seemed like he can get Dos Anjos out of there a number of times in the fight. So all in all, man, Kamara Usman, congratulations, man. Salute to that man. He earned that victory. And finally, Dana White and the UFC brass are showing that man his respect. And letting them know that, look, okay, he yes, he does deserve a title shot. He's proven it now. So I'm again, I'm a big fan of this dude. Um, Rafael Desanos, nothing to hang your hat on. Um, amazing, amazing competitor, amazing um fight, all in all. But Kamar Usman, um, 100 went out there, did his due diligence. All right. Um Bellator had a great fight night as well. Ah, but before I jump into that, man, I actually want to bring up really quick. Um, there are a couple of things that actually after the fight, first and foremost, I want to let you guys know what Kamar Usman actually had to say after the fight. And you know what? How he feels essentially about a title shot. Next in line. So if, if what's his name? Quifenton isn't isn't stepping up to to fight which he hasn't stepped up before, and he, he, he ducked it. So if he doesn't step up, I'm stepping up. Tyron knows I'm not going anywhere. I'm next in line. He knows I'm the real fight. I'm the threat to that throne. So it doesn't matter. You know, whatever Dana calls, I'll be right there ready to answer. They were targeting January for that fight. Could you be ready that soon? If they said, hey, we still need it in January, could you do that? <laughs> uh, I'll be ready next week if they need me. I'll just go in there and jump in the hot tub, ice whatever I need to ice, and I'll be ready next week. So it doesn't matter. They call, I'll be ready. Oh, man. Gotta love the confidence. They have to love um, somebody who's willing to go out there and mix it up, especially with the champ. And, yo, for those of us who don't know, uh, Kamar Usman and Woodley, they're buddies. And they've actually even said, like, look, we're friends, but for a title, we'll put that on the line and scrap. They're like, we punch your friends in the face all the time, so it's nothing. Um, but he said something about Colby Covington that I thought was interesting. And it made me think about, I wonder if they would skip over Colby's head to give him the Kamara Usman now the title shot. So what did Dana White have to say about this? Man brought the wrong Dana White clip. Hold up. What did he say? You tell me. I'd like to see him fight Woodley now after seeing that. Listen, Colby Covington pulled out of the fight, didn't defend his belt, this, that, the whole thing. I'm one of these guys, when I just see a fight like this, you know, I want to see... I want to see Usman fight now. We'll see what happens, though. So is there a I'm not saying that's the case. What but I'm saying it's possible? That, I mean, because we thought Willie sure. Covington was, was, was guaranteed. Yeah. Nothing's guaranteed in life, man. Nothing's guaranteed in life. <laughs> he wanted to earn a title shot. Man. So... For those of us who don't remember, Kobe Covington is the interim 170-pound champion. He was stripped of his interim title because he turned down a fight earlier this year with Tyron Woodley. And that is when Tyron Woodley defended his belt earlier this year against um, Darren Till. Ever since then, someone who Dana White was extremely fond of in Kobe Covington pretty much has ended up on his shit list. So, seeing that he is now on that list... Will they jump over top and give Kamaru Usman now the title shot as opposed to Kobe Covington? I personally hope they don't do that because of you can sell, you can really sell the Tyron Woodley, Kobe Covington fight. Tyron Woodley is extremely, he's an incredible champion. 
he is also somebody who is very pro-black and pro, you know, black rights. And he's actually competing against somebody who is a huge MAGA supporter and a huge Donald Trump fan. So not saying anything about that, but that actually leads to compelling television and compelling entertainment. So they have an opportunity to go ahead and actually sell that if they have something. I think what's actually going on is a little bit of gamesmanship by the boss, Dana White. And, um, and I think they're trying to pretty much force Colby Covington's hand. So he's comes back a bit sooner than he actually intended to. So that is um, what I think is going to happen with that one, man. All right. Uh, moving to the Bellator card. Uh, very entertaining uh, card. Honestly, the undercard. And it was on zone on Friday night. The undercard was way more entertaining, man. My man's Joe Schilling uh, came back and made his um, his. MMA back into MMA after a long absence and now he's actually strictly competing in MMA with Bellator and he's not competing in kickboxing anymore the multiple the multiple time world kickboxing and Muay Thai world champion uh, from America Joe Schilling went out there and got a first round um, uh, finish this this uh, time out and uh, the card itself was headlined like i said by chidi ninkachikawani and uh salter and salter went ahead and finished that fight with a dart choke early which is incredible um great fight all in all i want to give a salute to uh, juan archuleta who just continues going out here and doing work with bellator and um i'm i'm be honest with you he fights at featherweight i can see him getting a title shot very soon there man he is an absolute beast uh young and ruiz fought also young is a former prospect alert here on the show he went ahead and got a w as well so great fight card all in all by bellator uh this past weekend moving to saturday i know i know i know i'm gonna touch on all these really quickly because there were so many fights Tai Tuavasa and junior dos santos headlined um ufc fight night adelaide in australia yo i'm be honest with you if you were australian in this australia card not a good weekend for you. None of the Australians ended up getting a W. So um, I did want to bring up really fast before I get into the main card. I want to talk about the prelims and former prospect letter here on the fight podcast, as well as someone who has been on the show, a friend of the show. <clears throat> Excuse me, Sadiq Yusuf. Goes ahead and actually gets the first round finish against Sumuth uh, Mortakin in the very first round of their matchup. He looked incredible, showing off his speed, his athleticism, overall power, and got his opponent up out of there in the first round. A very tough opponent in the first round. He has star written all over him. I'm excited about this kid, man. He's um, a great personality. He reps his people. He reps Nigeria extremely well. And I also want to say uh, my condolences to um, him and his family. He actually said post-fight last week, his older brother passed away. And he was definitely fighting with a heavy heart. And we know that his brother was in there with him. So I actually want to just highlight that for a moment. Um, salute to... Um, Sadiq, super, uh, super Sadiq Youssef 
and um, our, our condolences to his family. I can't wait to see what continues happening. But that gentleman, if he continues on the path that he is, not only is he a star in the making, he is a champ in the making. All right. Uh, moving on. Jake Matthews and uh, Rocco Martin, Anthony Rocco Martin. He wants to be called Rocco now instead of uh, Tony Martin. Tony Martin goes out there and does work, man. Very, very entertaining fight. Both men have their moments. Um, but Tony Martin goes ahead and chokes out uh, Jake Matthews with a darts choke. Actually puts him to sleep, man. And the, uh, Rocco Martin, man, is on a hell of a tear right now. He is demanding the hundred and excuse me, 65 pound division. He's demanding that at this point in time. He believes he belongs there. And you know what? UFC do it, man. I believe it too. There's so many possible matchups there. And especially between 155 and 170, which are the two best divisions in MMA. Let's, let's, let's open it up, man. There's enough talent. Let's have another division. Um, great fight by both men. All right. Next up, the legend Mark Hunt had his last fight in the UFC against Justin Willis. Yo, entertaining fight, man. Both men were scrapping. Both men threw bombs. Both men, again, had their moments. I thought that this fight would end in knockout, but it didn't. Justin Willis gets a decision win, a hard-fought decision win against Mark Hunt and looked extremely good doing it. So salute to him. Um, he is, again, new blood in the heavyweight division, man. The heavyweight division is becoming thicker and thicker. Justin Willis was ranked number 15. He beat number 10. So hopefully this will now get him to the number 10 spot. Salute to you. All right, Tyson Pedro, the prospect that Above or at 205, fought the vet, the wily vet, Shogun Hua. I thought that this was going to be one of those rub fights. Let the prospect beat up an old wily vet so that you know he gets the rub, he gets the name recognition, and now we can start marketing this guy. Shogun Hua didn't get that memo, man. Shogun Hua goes out there. And man, all in all, my friends, does work. Shogun Hua gets the finish against Tyson Pedro in the very second round. And man, low key kind of hurt my heart, man. I didn't see that happening. I feel bad for Tyson Pedro, but I was really happy for Shogun Hua, man. Shogun Hua withstood the early barrage in the first round where it looked like he was going to get finished, but he showed his tenacity, goes out there and actually pulls out the W, man. So salute to him. And uh, Tyson Pedro's Shui brother, tied to Avasa, ends up getting finished in the second round by Junior Dos Santos. Junior Dos Santos, my friends, is nowhere near done he has so much more left in his career and i'm gonna be honest with you these brawling type of heavyweights people who are willing to mix it up people are willing to go in there and aren't as technically sound at the time he ends up picking them apart and ends up getting big ko's so um taito uvasa looked like he was winning the fight had a slight moment of I don't know, brain fired or something, got caught with a shot. JDS ended up jumping on top. Impressive, impressive, impressive finish and um, wins the fight via KO. So, again, great fight weekend overall. Oh, really quick. Also, Bellator um, ended up as well having a, a phenomenal card in Italy. 
some good kickboxing fights. But what I wanted to talk about was Alessio Sakara against Ken Kapipin. And uh, Ken Kapipin gets a huge KO of the hometown favorite Alessio Sakara in the first round, man. Uh, this kid, uh, Kent competes in kickboxing mma boxing and he grapples very well rounded man ended up getting a huge uh ko this weekend so yo a lot of fights a lot of great um the the fight cars this weekend were incredible i was excited man i loved it and it was really really fun to watch um but with all those fights with everything being fun to watch who were this weekend's winners and losers and uh time to go to this part this point in the show where we talk about who are the winners and losers of the weekend so and when i say losers i'm not talking about people who physically lost the fight i'm talking about people who lost the narrative people who might have lost fanfare people who might have lost you know their their standings or whatever that is so first of all winners look man you have to say that Tyson Fury won the weekend. He won the weekend. He was able to, out of most people's eyes, because of the narrative that was spun the entire time, a lot of us believe that he won. He also afterwards came off as a complete gentleman embracing Deontay Wilder. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to put it like this. I think both of those gentlemen won. They both proved that they're the best at their division. And I've talked about this ad nauseum already. But look, the winners of the weekends, hands down, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, but especially Tyson Fury. Um, who else won the weekend? I have to say, you know, we're going through with Sadiq Youssef. Goes out there on a platform, UFC debut, does work. Congratulations, man. Um, also on the winners of the weekend, somebody that we thought was down and out, Shogun Hua. Shogun, to be able to go out there, do work, come back, and show, look, I am not done yet. Winners of the weekend. And the last one I want to talk about as well, Joe, stitch him up, shilling. Coming back, getting his first win in Bellator in a long time. Congratulations to him. He's definitely um, won the weekend, and I can't wait to see what they have next. Um, unfortunately, this weekend's losers, Tyson Pedro. Tyson Pedro has, is on a two-fight losing streak. It seems like every time the UFC tries to get him to the next level, he drops the ball. You can't be a star if you can't win the, the gimmies. It's one of those things that people look at, like, for instance, the NBA. We're talking about the Lakers right now. They're like, is the Laker, are the Lakers actually going to be a good team? Are they? The only thing they're beating are, you know, the teams that they should beat. Well, let me put it to you this way. Great teams and fighters in this instance, before they really start getting it, they beat the people that they're supposed to before they really take it to that next level. The fact that he is not doing that is telling me and showing me that he may not be ready for this next level. So I'm concerned for that. I think as much as he may not want to admit this, and I know he loves what he's doing there in Australia, he might need to change his scenery. Um, also, losers of the weekend are, in my opinion, Deontay Wilder's coaching staff. Deontay Wilder's coaching staff. 
What are you doing? Stop being yes, man. Help your fighter. Let him know realistically and not objectively what is going on in the fight. He needs to have somebody who can step away because if you guys don't know, once you're in there, when you are in there, you have no clue what's going on. You have no clue. Tell you somebody who's actually had a number of amateur fights and things like that. After the fight, I always ask, so what happened? Even when I, when I win, what, what happened? Oh, I did that? Crazy. Wait, he caught me with that? What? You don't know. You're so in the moment. Little things just fly by because you're reacting. So the fact that they're sitting there in the corner and Deontay Wilder's coaches are looking at him saying, you're winning the round. You're looking great. No, tell him, hey, pick it up. Throw to the body more. Don't load up on your punches. He needs that in order to get better. If you guys cannot give him that, you not only have lost the narrative, you're going to lose your fighter if he's smart because he needs to kick you guys to the curb. And Deontay Wilder, bro, I don't want to put you on the on this list, but you need to get out of Alabama. You need to get a change of scenery because I need you to add two more punches to your repertoire. That's it. Two more consistent punches so that we know and show how dangerous you can be. So, hey, brah, let, 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 let it be known. And again, I'm going to stand on all those things. Um, I can't wait to see what ends up happening in the future. There should not be any other fight. Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder need to fight each other again before Anthony Joshua gets in the mix. So, Anthony Joshua, I hate to tell you this. You're a loser of the weekend. Anthony Joshua was one of the losers of the weekend because he didn't even have the audacity to show up to the card. He didn't even show up. He wasn't even there. He came off as weak once again. So he mishandled that. His team mishandled that. And now the narrative worldwide is that he's a chicken. And the fact that you have Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury standing there at the end of the fight going, chicken now the rest of the world even in england are gonna say yo you 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 are a chicken you need to get up out of here because these two guys really wanted it and one thing i'll say is this as well losers of the weekend is you losers who are going out here and going on these fighters pages on social media and talking trash to these men and women after they have won, lost, or you do not agree with the decision. Going on their page and talking shit to them on their page. When you don't have the audacity to even get in there and you've never been punched in the face a day in your life. You're a loser. Not just from this week, just in general. You're trash. You're such a loser and you're so weak. And there's one site in particular that I want to point out because you know what, man? Look, I, I called them out on their page. What is it? Boxing Planet Official, whatever. I guess they're like a like a they're a British site or whatever on Instagram. They went on 
Deontay Wilder's page and started posting clip after clip after clip on his own page saying, if you think Tyson Fury won, do the, you know, click this and this. And this is somebody who actually has a big following. Why are you doing that? Does this make you feel better? Does this make you feel more like, you know, a tough guy? If you were a boxing fan, a true fan of the sport, you can take a step back, even if you have biases, because I do. By far, my favorite fighter in the game or heavyweight fighter in the game is Deontay Wilder because of all the reasons that I talked about last time out. I think he's the heavyweight champion that that we deserve. Heavyweight boxing is always better when there's an American champion, and that is how it has always been. Now, can it change? 100%. But that's why I'm a huge fan of him and what he represents. But I could also say that I originally watching the fight, I gave it to Tyson Fury. And I think that Tyson Fury is one of the most skilled heavyweight fighters that I have ever seen. And I understand the draw. And I don't even understand. You cannot give Deontay Wilder this fight outright. I've said that. So take your biases out. Take that hate out of your heart and show respect to both of those people that actually went in there and fought their hearts out because you're not willing to do that. You're a loser. So take to whatever, man. I can't stand trolls and I'm sorry. And I hate when people actually go out there and want to actually throw shade at these fighters because it makes them feel like big people, man. So y'all can go ahead and kick rocks sideways, chump. <laughs> With that being said, hey, that's all the time we have for today, man. This is the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and we will be back this week with fight news. Of course, we have more fights. We have fighter breakdowns coming up. We have Prospect Alert. Our Prospect Alert actually just competed this past weekend, so get ready to hear about that. We have a special guest coming on this week. About time. It's been a little bit of time, so we have a special guest and so much more. Thank you for listening. This is episode 57 of the Fight Podcast, and this is Serge Vicente. I'm your host. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms. Remember to follow uh, me at Surgery Center, the Fight Podcast at the Fight Podcast. Support us by checking out the show on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Thank you guys all for for listening um remember subscribe rate tell your friends um i couldn't wait to get in here today man there was so much to talk about um man combat sports is alive and well man salute to everybody involved and uh we will see you next time right here on the fight podcast peace out